Welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Megan Senis. Megan is a former big law legal marketing and BD professional with over 16 years of in-house experience turned co-founder and principal at Stage LLC. Stage is a woman-owned marketing and business development company focused on relationships, revenue and growth for lawyers and legal marketing teams at all levels. Megan is a certified smart collaborator through the Gardner and Company and leverages smart collaboration across complex hierarchical organizations to guide and assist teams to work together efficiently and effectively. Hi Megan, welcome to Woman to Woman podcast. Great to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So for our listeners, Megan, if you can just tell us uh, what do you do today? Well, uh, about four months ago, I launched a business with two of my partners and they were former colleagues. We own, which I still get uh, uncomfortable saying. So like we own our own business. We are a legal marketing and business development um, consulting firm for, for lawyers and in-house legal marketing team. So how did you get into this specific? because this is a very niche. How did you get into this? Yes, nobody sits around, at least I didn't, dreaming of being a legal marketer. Um, And so I, you know, going all the way back to college days, you know, I wanted to do marketing. I thought it was going to be like sexy marketing, like selling some kind of product. So I went to Manhattan College. I took corporate communications. I actually interned at a law firm doing legal marketing and hated it. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. And now this is like where I wound up. And so after I graduated, I actually, actually went and I'm not that old, but I went through the list of top 100 places to launch your career. And luckily for me, um, KPMG, the accounting firm was like top 10. And so I was like printing out my resume and mailing it in places. Um, and I had applied on Monster when it was kind of big and hot monster.com when it was big and hot. But and so I thought KPMG was a radio station. And I thought this is really exciting. And uh, I applied to accounting and it was their first kind of baby associate that they hired on the marketing side. And that's really what put me on the path for professional service marketing from that point on. And I've been kind of stuck ever since. I never left. Um, I mean, and then I left and I joined I joined a law firm just trying to kind of chase the salary, to be honest. And uh, that was the first kind of entrance into what legal marketing turned to be for me my rest of my career. Again, that's something very specific. So at a high school level, like were there people that influenced you or you were, um, you know, looking up to somebody who was in that area that inspired you to be? I think there was a class I think it was multimedia was a high school class that we had date I had took and we had to come up with a campaign around like a perfume so this was in the early like 2000s when the perfume advertisements were all like black and white and models and so we had to create our own campaign around it our own commercial and I was in the commercial it was awful right like I like I hope nobody has a record I'm a product I'm gonna work in Manhattan I'm gonna have a sec- you know an office that's on the corner I'm gonna have really cool clothes Clothes. Like it was more of that versus like what I was going to actually be doing for the rest of my life. That's interesting. Started with one perception, but you're still in marketing. Um, years later. Yes. Yes. I, I'm still here. And it has quite shifted. There's no product that you can touch and feel now in my current life. But I think where their clients about what do they need? What are their clients needs? What are their objectives? And, and how do they feel around that particular service offering? And so we are kind of behind the scenes. So our company is called Stage and working with lawyers and, and marketing 
teams to to bridge that gap and to feel and to see how they feel about you know a certain firm or about that lawyer and and their work. So it's a very different world, right? So you were in the corporate world and now you're an entrepreneur. Very yeah. very different. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's three of us and my two my two business partners. We all worked in house together at the same company. And so as far as we are aware, we are the first team that kind of left legal marketing and went and started their own company. A lot of consulting firms out there definitely have worked together in the past and then kind of met up maybe at later points or they've worked it together at different kind of variation or iterations. We were a team in-house and now we're a team out-house. <laughs> I like to say that. Um, and so I think for me, it was really like COVID is kind of what pushed this new perception of what did it, what did I want to do with the rest of my life? What did I want to be when I grew up? And I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur, a business owner. I'm even still kind of like, is that the right words for me? I'm like, oh, I just have this thing that I do you know, for, every day for the last four months. And so it was my, my business partner, Jen Ramsey, who concocted this idea. It was about a year ago. And she got me and Kathleen Hilton together on a call and, and said, imagine if we could do the work that we love to do together every day and only do the work we like to do. Imagine. Can you imagine that? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> so uh, we started kind of talking about this and we we planned for almost a year working on the business, launched to, to plan for the business and then also our full-time job. And so we all have spouses who were on board with this plan. Um, for me personally and my family, we started sucking away as much money as possible. We are a self-funded company at this current moment when we launched, right? We didn't have investments. We didn't take out a loan. We wanted to do it kind of bootstrap from the bottom. And so I think in terms of like financial support, you know, my husband and I made a lot of financial decisions to like cut expenses and, and plan for uncertainty because I don't like, I mean, I don't know who does, but I don't really thrive in the uncertainty. Actually, Kathleen Hilton, my, my 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 partner, loves risk. We had done this like risk profile, and she's like on a scale of t- one to ten, she's like a ten for like loves risk, and I'm like in the middle. Um, and then of course just like having friends and family around saying like we support you and do this, and but you know at the end of the day, it's still you have to believe it. So very true. And then along the way, did you seek mentors? Do you have other mentors who really helped sort through this whole process in your mind and how this is going to work? I think the three of us just leaned on each other. We were really at least for me, we weren't ready to trust everybody with our, our dream, like our little baby dream. And so we didn't really let a lot of people in. I was very fearful of what people would say. Well, maybe they wouldn't understand. There's like this headline in my head, like left six figure corporate job to like launch their own things. Like you're stupid, right? And so I was very, I don't want to say distrusting, but I was careful and guarded with who we talked to. And because we were still employed full time by, by a law firm, we were not really t- telling people. We were just a little protective over who knew until we until we quit <laughs> really um so it was a shock to keep to a lot of people except for the closest ones to us that it was just this kind of up kind of up and left right but it had been a long time coming so in terms of all of these changes right you all have families we have this whole work-life balance and you kind of mentioned you know you sat down with your husband made some hard decisions in terms of life balance for the family yeah. what are certain trade-offs that uh, you look at and what has you worked with now that you've been in this space for a while what mm. has worked with part you? of why I decided to do this new life was to have more time for my family. And, you know, I was often working really late at night and I wanted my time and my thoughts and like my feelings to at least be something that I could, if I was going to be working all the time, at least it'd be something I was, that was mine. And I wanted to be the boss of me. Right. And uh, what has worked well, I'm like, what hasn't worked well is that I'm like the worst boss of myself. And that is something that I am still trying to figure out. I'm not very kind with like (laughs) letting myself take a break. And so I have to get better. I have to get better at that. But in terms of what has worked well, I have to 
keep reminding myself that there are these pockets of time now. Um, it's the end of it's June. I don't know when this will come out, but every Friday for the next, rest of this month of June, my elementary daughter is like off at 11 o'clock on Friday. Right? You know, like there's like a school activity. She's she's being released early from school at 11, half day. And um, I think previously I would have been really panicked to like consistently having to take more time off because it's the end of the school year and then figuring out camp. And, and I have to keep reminding myself that I'm in charge of my own schedule now. And I could be done at 12, you know, if I wanted to. <laughs> and uh, and so that's part of what is working well. I just haven't quite like grasped that positive outcome yet. Like I'm still like feeling like I'm still stuck in that I'm not in charge of my own schedule. Whereas I actually am. Networking, a very key important topic, right? For all of us, <laughs> irrespective of women, men, we all mm-hmm. need to make those meaningful connections. What are your views of networking and what are some of the strategies you have used in your life? Yeah, so networking is so, so interesting to me. So just a few months ago, if you had asked me this question, I'd have a completely different response for you. And now that I'm on the other side, there is this practicing what we've been teaching to the lawyers for the last, at least for me, the last 16 years. And so when we were in-house, you were talking to the lawyers and said, you need to get out there and you need to get new clients and make them, make yourself known. And, and now we're on the other side. And for me, I would have said that I was awful at networking. I don't like talking to people. I get nervous. There's nothing that I'm going to be able to add. I don't even really know anybody, right? That would be my kind of initial gut insecurity. And now that I'm a business owner, you can't do that, right? So you have to get out there and and be a little uncomfortable. And so I started doing networking for myself. And now um, I actually am like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. And that has made me feel better. And also the more that I'm talking to other women lawyers in particular, they're telling me they're kind of mirroring back the same types of sentiments that I was saying, I'm not good at networking. I don't know how to play golf. Um, I don't know anybody. And so when I start talking to them, like, well, what about your college roommates? Or what about the PTA? Or what about your neighbor who's, you know, the general counsel and happens to live next door to you? How about them? And once we've sort of shifted out of what is supposed to be and move into what works for you and the people that you know, it's a completely different mind shift. And that's what worked for me. And so I've been trying to say the same types of things to the people that I'm working with. And that has changed everything. You know, a couple of months ago, I would have never been on a podcast or put myself out there and pitched to be on a podcast. And now here I am, right? And so I think it's, it's just shifting this kind of thoughts and mentality and getting your brain around like, I have something to add and I have something to offer and I can help people. And that's what's helped me as well. Like instead of going towards people and saying, I need to get a business, I need to get a deal, I need to hand them out 25 business cards. I've been trying to shift back to like, how can I help this person? Who do I know? How can I be a resource? And that has opened up a more conversational relationship versus this like transaction. Like I need something, you're going to give me something and I need something in return. And it's just been much nicer. <laughs> no, great, great point. It's how you look at it, right? That just the whole shift of looking through a different lens just changes the whole game. Yes, yes, absolutely. So you work a lot with lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I also see I love lawyers and in your back. <laughs> yes, I love <laughs> the sticker. That's a cute one. So you um, work with a lot of women lawyers. And do you see any differences between how women perceive situations versus men? And what is it some of the things that we can do to improve that? Hmm. I mean, the networking is a big one, right? Um, particularly with, with the women lawyers. And my my sweet spot is lawyers who I was in big big law before, so top AMLA 200 law firms. And the most of the people that we are working with are trying to make partner. And so they there's also kind of a perception of like what a, a partner looks like, what a partner does, how do they sound? And where <clears throat> we've been trying to kind of come in is to say, find clients that are aligned with you and your values in a lot of ways 
ways so that you can be more like authentically you and you're going to have a better just like life experience, life experience, because the people that you're working with and supporting are going to be more aligned with what you feel versus going after somebody else's clients that you think you're supposed to. And I think there's some of that. Um, there's still a lot of like obstacles to overcome. Obviously, I'm not I'm not aware I help the lawyers. And so they have so many challenges, so much time pressures on them to to be perfect. And I think that really compounds with women on top of, you know, you're already like lawyers generally are supposed to be perfect. And then women are supposed to be perfect. And now you're a woman lawyer. So it's even worse, I feel like in a lot of ways. So looking at um, some of the instances where uh, you had to really use your values, you had mentioned, right? when you align your work with the values you edit or you develop, it's a much easier yeah. life for you and for the people you're trying to help. What right. are some of those core values that have really helped you navigate through tough situations? In- oh, I think I've always internalized that I'm, I'm going to start negative and then turn it positive, that I'm too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, um, too aggressive, too pushy. And I think that's a lot of adjectives that are used to describe women who are sure of themselves. And I don't want to say that I've like tried to hide that because that's definitely not. I just feel like I was always fighting against that. Like, no, I'm not being too loud. I'm just telling you what I think, which is what my coworker just said. And so I think now there is some piece that is freeing that I am in charge of my own business and I can say what I want and find people who align with that. And even just today, like I use my LinkedIn platform to offer a voice to the LGBTQ plus community so that they, so I could, I could speak for them or post, they posted anonymous, anonymously through me. And I would never have been able to do that kind of in the corporate world. I don't think, I didn't feel like I could. Um, so I think it's just moving more towards, yeah, maybe I am too loud, um, but I'm going to lean into that. And this is who I am. I am, I am loud. I have a lot to say. And, uh, and I want to use that for something good. Um, and hopefully people, hopefully people agree. So. Looking back, is there anything would change? Mm-hmm. I, boy, I, I feel like we, I think I knew you were going to ask me this question and I think I'm still dumped. I, I mean, of course, do I wish that things, there are times that things were easier? Sure. But I am thankful that a lot of those experiences set me up for who I am now. And I, you know, I had to like work two jobs to get through college. Like I paid my way through school. I didn't have any help. Um, And, you know, do I wish it was an easier path? Like in that instance, definitely. Do I wish I didn't have a student loan that I had to pay off? Sure. But has that shown me like what I'm made of and how hard I, I've worked um, to kind of get to this point? I feel like I'm not sure where my path would be if that if those experiences didn't happen. Were there ever instances where Abe's very typical perceptions around women how do you really come out of this? Hmm. So when I've worked in a few, lots of different firms and being in-house, we, and I was a support staff, so I wasn't a lawyer. The words that were used to describe not, non-lawyers was uh, starting from a place of negative, right? So non, non-lawyer, non-billable, non, non-attorney, non-partner, non-man. And when I first started, I was like very young. And so I, I often was the only woman in the room. Um, I mean, I am coming from a place of privilege. I'm, I'm white, I'm straight, I'm able-bodied, like there's all of that. But in the most, for the most part, I was the youngest. I was the only woman. I wasn't a lawyer. So therefore I felt like I was stupid and I was always there to like take notes and help. And so there was a lot of continuous having to prove yourself that I'm here to help you, but I'm here to help you grow your business. I'm not here to help you like take notes and make photocopies. That's, that's not my job. And so there is some armor, I think that I've developed for better, for worse to show up and say like, that's what you think. That's not what I think about myself. And I know I'm good at my job and I'm going to show you and you can either like get on board or, or not. And I think for the most part, sometimes I would match their tone. Sometimes it was really tough and that's what kind of gained some respect. Uh, I won't repeat some of the things that I said because they're pretty, like, I feel like they were, like, people were aggressive towards me. So often I would be a little aggressive back 
and they were like, oh, oh, I'm not going to be able to bully this person around or this like little girl around. And that got me that one person kind of off of my back and I was able to do my job. It's just a little exhausting though. And that's part of where we've moved now where we're like, I don't have to work those people if I don't want to. <laughs> so true. Is there something not a lot of people know about? Hmm. Um, like I went skydiving on my 18th birthday. Ooh, <laughs> that's like, nice. I hate, uh, that's where I'm like, I'm not a risk taker, but I did that. I did call like everybody I knew before I left. I'm like, I might die tomorrow. So <laughs> going skydiving. So that's, that's something I would never do it again. Like once was enough. I'm not going to test it, you know, multiple times. It was great. And, and I was young and 18 and I will never do it again. <laughs> I will never do it again. So last time we spoke, you mentioned, you know, you're a calculated risk taker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. And you had also meant a book, uh, Female Founders, that oh, you find yeah. very interesting. So anything you want to share with our audience, what do you exactly find interesting? Because a lot of us think we are calculated risk takers. They don't want to go all the way out there, but then yeah. we still want to dabble a little bit risk take. Yes. Well, I think for launching a business, it is kind of horrifying. And I think that the calculated part for me was that it was in a field that I already knew. I had two people jumping into the deep, deep sea, you know, with me that I've already worked with. And so I feel like that minimized some of the risk. I mean, there's definitely still doubt where we get a project and we're like, well, oh, do we even know how to do this? Yes, we do. What I liked about the female founder book, and that was a gift from, from Jen, from my from my partner, was, well, one, I have two little kids. So like, I can't really like, sit around and read. So what, what I liked about the book is that it's like two pages of stories per each founder. You can flip through it really quick. So nothing is like sticking out at, um, to me at this exact moment, but I liked that it was really digestible and it wasn't the, and it was written by women. So before we launched, I kept trying to get my hands on more books, which I think a lot of women try to do. Like, I need to get smarter. I need to go back to school. I need to get more certifications, like taking out books from the library, ordering books from Amazon, like how to run a business, how to be a founder. And they were all written by men. A lot of them. I was having a harder time to find like a woman's perspective. And so this book, it, it's not super new. It's definitely before the pandemic. It might be 2016 or, or around that year. But I like that it was really digestible and had specific things that you could do, tools you could use, struggles that the people have gone through. And it was all women. So I loved it. I haven't finished it yet. So don't ask me how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. Because I know we had talked a little bit about this. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yes. So any final closing comments for our listeners? Ooh, you can do it. I don't know. Um, you, I think it's so much of just shifting and thinking about what do I want? And that doesn't mean you have to like go and, you know, completely quit your job and blow up your life and, and start over. But you can find, you know, these kind of little, little tweaks along the way to, so that you can be true to yourself and find the space that allows you to do that. I think that's a probably, yeah, find the space that allows you to do whatever it is that you need to. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure.